What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to another episode of Missing Frames. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies we should have seen. But this point, I'm trying not to look at you because you're going to make me laugh, but it didn't work. I could feel your laughter across the way. Anyway, I'm your host, Sean Eastridge, hanging out on the Nerd Party Network, a collection of podcasts dedicated to all things entertainment. Check us out at thenerdparty.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party and like the Facebook page. Do you like the Facebook page, Alex? I do like the Facebook. <laughs> she likes it so much. By the way, our guest today is a first-time missing framer. Uh, I just realized I cut myself off from the social medias. Do you think they need... They, they know where the social medias are. It's just at the Nerd Party yeah, everywhere. Except yeah. Twitter is at Join Nerd Party. But yeah, more importantly, let's talk about our guest. First-time missing framer, Alex Minovich. Is that how we're saying it? Minovich? That is how we're saying it. Let's yes. Go. All the way from Romania just to be on this podcast. Yeah. He, he sent me like a little email. Yeah. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> you were just like, that sounds good. Podcast, movies. I was like, movies. okay, America, you know, dude. I'm into it. You're into it. Okay. And so you flew all the way over here and you're here now. So this is it. We're going to be talking about a movie that I love that you have never seen before. And that mm-hmm. movie is called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I'm very thrilled to talk about this movie because I have not watched this in a very long time. I think it's been probably 10 years since I last watched this. I Whoa. Yeah, whoa is right. <laughs> I wish everyone, I wish we recorded video so people could have seen the gesture you just made when you said, whoa. So yeah, I, it's been a while. It's been a while. You might not have even been alive the last I time I watched I was this. Sentient. You like, were not alive when no, you were alive when this movie came out. I was out. alive, maybe. Yeah. But it was two thousand four. <laughs> so you oh, were wow. you had just graced us with your presence. I was just for, a little baby. Yeah, little baby. So you weren't watching this movie. You weren't yeah. allowed yeah, to go yeah, see yeah, it yeah. in a theater. You weren't interested in seeing it in a theater. I didn't even see it in a theater. I saw it my senior year of high school. So the movie came out. I think it was like March of 2004. It was right around Valentine's Day. No, it was March 19th, 2004. Okay, so the reason I heard about this movie is because I don't know if this is still true, but back in the day, people told me I looked like Jim Carrey like all the time. Like everyone was like, oh my God, you look just hmm. like him. Like I didn't have a beard. My hair wasn't the way, it wasn't like going up. It was like just bangs and stuff. Oh and mostly I look like Jim Carrey in the movie Dumb and Dumber. And I think people thought that was hilarious but a lot of people told me I look like him so when this movie came out and people were telling me like oh my god I saw Eternal Sunshine and you look just like this guy I was like oh I should watch that movie so I can look like Jim Carrey in a movie where he doesn't look like a complete idiot and I grew my hair out a little bit so it would look more like him in this movie and all that kind of stuff but I didn't see it in the movie theater I'm sorry to say just like you. That's okay don't worry about it. Thank you I appreciate that and I saw it uh, it was my senior year I was dating. This is the, I was 
my first ever like romantic relationship was my senior year of high school. I remember I watched this with my girlfriend and it's like oh. a, it's a, I, I hesitate to call it. It's certainly a romantic movie, but it's mm -hmm. not like a romantic comedy. I think mm. some websites label this as a comedy and it's funny sometimes, <laughs> but it's more like thoughtful oh. than like flat out like, oh my God, this is hilarious. So I, uh, was in a relationship, had never been in a relationship before. And this movie brought to light some interesting things about relationships that I hadn't considered before. Interesting. Interesting is right. How did you hear about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Well, when I went back to visit my high school over the summer, uh, my old literature teacher, who's really into movies, and he's very strange, mm. um, he said that... <laughs> Those two typically go together, yes. Yeah, he said that there were three movies that I desperately needed to watch. Mm -hmm. And it was The Truman Show, Ex Machina, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I've already seen those first two in the meantime, but I think now is finally the time to tackle this last movie, which I desperately need to watch, according to Everyone. Mr. Ellis. Mr. Ellis. Shout out. Shout out to Mr. Ellis, who is a big Missing Frames fan, for sure. He's listened sure he to is. every episode, loves it so much. Oh, yeah. He is also a big Jim Carrey fan, it sounds like, because two of those movies have Jim Carrey. And I think he is. He must yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Truman Show, I think, was his first dramatic role. And that mm -hmm. movie's more, like, it's certainly funnier than this movie. Like, it was funny. He's kind of, he's still doing sort of the Jim Carrey shtick, but that was the first movie where fans of him were like, oh, this guy can act. Like, he's really good. He's not mm -hmm. just, like, the wacky, crazy guy who's in all the comedies, who's Ace Ventura, and just making faces all the time. They're like, he's really good. And Eternal Sunshine was, like, the first movie where people were like, oh, my God, like, he's amazing. Maybe not the first movie where people said that, but it was definitely like he is not um, doing his shtick. Not even the Truman Show, like his kind of like, hey, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, that whole thing. He's like very grounded and like quiet and shy in this movie. So it was very interesting to see him in that kind of role. So brace yourself for that. This movie also stars Kate Winslet. Do you know anything about Kate Winslet? No, I'm horrible with the names. Okay, but... she was in Titanic. Oh, okay. Well, I've seen Titanic. Okay, she was Rose in Titanic. Oh, okay. You know, Leo Queen. and Kate, they have a whole thing going. Yeah, They're, it's true. Everyone knows they love each other. They might as well just admit it. I'm putting that out into the universe, so hopefully it'll happen. I don't know. Happen. Is she his type anymore? Like, isn't he into, like... Yeah, that's true. Young she is girl. over 40, I think. So oh, no. He's way over that. Yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, that's that's these are the things you need to know about this movie. So Michelle okay. Gondry directed it, and I don't know if this was his first movie. He directed a lot of music videos, so this oh. movie has a lot of really insane visual stuff that's awesome. So this wasn't his first movie. He did a movie called Human Nature, which I have not seen. But yeah, Next that was also time. written by Charlie Kaufman. Huh. That's so weird because I don't think of that movie ever. <laughs> so, all right. Oh, no. Well, there you go. I need to see that as well. But I want you to tell me what you think this movie is about. Just based on the little you know about it, describe to mm. me what the plot of the movie oh, is. No. Well, <laughs> so I was going to say, like, I was going to guess romance. But then you said it. So at this point, it's not like something that I'm, I'm making up. Mm-hmm. But if we're taking a look at the title now, okay, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. What does that mean to you, Alex? I don't know. What does it mean? Because <laughs> if it's a romance, 
there's like it's like a romanticized version of like eternal sunshine mm-hmm. like it's something that will last forever sunshine is a good thing mm-hmm. so i'm expecting a happy ending okay to this love story and then a spotless mind like a mind that isn't dirty a mind yes that this sounds good isn't like i'm learning a lot i don't know like <laughs> i feel like i'm being of, educated uh it's the a-level literature okay um, so uh jim carrey is is he the eternal sunshine or is he the spotless mind i feel like the eternal sunshine okay and the spotless mind are both abstract concepts oh, oh they're not actually people okay no they're like used to describe whatever the relationship is about okay got it probably probably i don't know okay close enough um this is good so i uh this also, I don't think I, I don't know if I said this at the beginning of the show, but this is, I told you before mm. we started recording that this is one of my favorite, favorite movies. Yeah. Like, I think this is in like my top 10 favorite if I were to rank them. And I haven't seen it in a while. And part of the reason, I don't know if you do this, you have not seen as many movies mm-hmm. as I have. And the movie that you, I, you don't typically rewatch movies a lot, do you? I did as a child. Okay. But not so much but, anymore. Yeah. So... I got really scared with this movie because when I uh, I saw it my senior year, really loved it, watched it again, and was like, oh my God, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I watched it a lot and I showed it to friends and stuff. But then I started, I freaked out and was like, oh, I don't want to wear this movie out. And it's a movie that's so good that I don't think you can. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of purposefully stopped watching it because I wanted to like keep it fresh in a way yeah, preserve so this is the, it. yeah exactly yeah. so this is the first time in a long time that i'll be watching it and i imagine i'll still love it i i have a feeling i will still love it will it rank as highly i don't know mm. that's what we're here to find out true but really we're mostly here for you to see it i am a so, newbie but yeah i'm excited i'm excited for you so anything else you want to say before we plunge into the depths of this Charlie Kaufman, Michelle Gondry masterpiece? Um, well, I have expectations. Mm-hmm. First, I expect a beach. You expect a beach. Second, I expect cars. Okay. And specifically, people, people... being filmed inside of cars. Oh, okay. So people, I thought you were just like, you know, people driving cars. That too. But... That's a good guess, yeah. Okay, that's all. <laughs> Typically, I think there are very few movies where you wouldn't see someone driving a car, I would say. I agree. P- specifically, that takes place in the modern day but mm-hmm. these are important things to point out so i'm glad you thought of this any other predictions are you excited to see what the world was like in 2000 in the early 2000s i am excited i can't remember any of it <laughs> so but i've lived through it this is like a historical like artifact for you to yeah, exactly explore. and i love my That's, history you know this movie is almost 20 years old <gasps> Isn't that insane? Twins. That's well, twinsies. Yes, <laughs> you made it. You've already made it. This movie yeah. is almost there. But that makes me feel old. We're in the age of like movies that I was watching in high school now being 20 years old. And I'm like, oh no, I'm an oh, old boy. man. What happened to me? So hopefully, hopefully we'll both learn something. Hopefully it'll be life affirming. Hopefully we'll both come out of this feeling both eternally sunshined and spotless minded. I hope so. I hope so too. So we'll take a break. We'll go watch it and then we'll come back and we'll find out what you thought, Alex. Stay tuned. Now available to own on video cassette. What if you could have a career? 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, we're back. Alex, how do you feel about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Just wow. Yeah. I'm it's a really lot. it is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to ask somebody. Sometimes on missing frames we're able to cheat a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, if I'm recording with somebody who's not here, we're hanging out at my house. We watch the movie together. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always happen on missing frames. It's a lot of fun when we can do that. Sometimes there's a little buffer time between the before section and the after section. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people who have guessed it on the show and and myself we get a little more time to think about it and process it. But this is a tough situation because this movie is a lot to take in and process and then go in immediately oh, talk yeah. about. So you're at a bit of a disadvantage. But you it's know what, okay. Alex? I believe in you. <laughs> and you. I think you're ready to rise to the occasion. But I'll do my best. You'll do your best. And that's all we can ask. But you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was my favorite of the three. Of the three Jim Carrey movies. The, the three movies that I, I was supposed to watch. Um, probably one of my favorite ones I've watched this year or last year too. I don't even know how much time has passed since I started to try to watch more movies, (laughs) but this is like definitely at the top for me. Yeah. Like it was so creatively done Yeah. and a lot more complex than I was expecting because I wasn't expecting anything. You were expecting romantic comedy. Like it was going to be light and fluffy. Yeah. I don't know. And it was like not that at all. No. And (laughs) it's it's funny. I remember, um, Because this movie, uh, when I purchased the DVD, my first Mm -hmm. copy of it, it was in the comedy section. And I had seen it by that point. And I was like, I don't think this movie is a comedy. Yeah. it's funny, like, it has, but it's it's not even yeah. as funny as being John Malkovich, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It has like some comedic elements yes. that I could sort of understand why maybe some people would think it was a comedy. Um, but the message and the essence of the story, I don't think fits into that. No, it's Mm-mm. very grounded. Definitely. It's not, it, it's, it kind of, it looks at the idiosyncrasies of relationships, mm. like those little things where like, oh, when you're with somebody a while, you start to annoy each other or you start to yeah. pick up on things they do that you don't like or the irony of, you know, at the very end when they both are listening to themselves talk about the other person and the awkwardness of like him complaining about her hair and yeah. being like, wait, I no, I like your hair. I really like yeah. it. But like after years of being with this person and seeing it as a, a trait, uh, a negative, you are mm-hmm. worn out by it or you see it more as a gimmick. And it's, you know, once you get to know somebody that happens and yeah. the movie I think is exploring not just romance and relationships, but humanity and how we connect with each other. And I think the label of comedy does it a bit of a disservice. Mm -hmm. By this point, I think enough people have seen it and know about it to know that it's not necessarily a comedy. But I'm Mm -hmm. glad you kind of went into it not knowing much about it, because that's how I went into it. I knew Jim Carrey was in it. I knew Kate Winslet was in it. But I, uh, I didn't know really much about it and um, I remember being kind of like 
oh wow the the opening credits don't happen until like 20 minutes into the movie but how did you feel about the opening because i remember being so thrown off the movie is kind of designed to throw you off you're watching these two meet but then all of a sudden it's like wait did we just jump ahead Mm -hmm. are they Mm -hmm. broken up now he's crying in his car how did that affect you were you i kind of i was like it's a little confusing just bear with it it. but how how did you feel and uh was it fun to watch how they like call back to Mm -hmm. it and wrap things up and you realize oh wait that's they've they've already dated and now they've met each other again was that fun for you did when how long did it take to figure that out oh gosh so it took me a while uh up until that scene where they're sitting at the beach and he says that was the first time he saw her mm. and that was the first time they met. I was like, well, that can't be true because yeah. the first time they met, she like approached him on the train. Um, what's going on here? And then like a few minutes later, I realized uh, once we saw him getting up again, like the same first scene that came up at the beginning of mm. the film, and then we see them meet and like be in the car and we see all of that replay i'm like oh yeah him missing almost missing the train already like met her yes and it took me all the way up until the end to actually realize that that was not the first time they met yeah um but i thought it was really creative uh i really like this like cyclical storytelling yeah uh where it sort of calls back and makes links and sort of subverts the expectations that are already implanted in your mind. Right. Um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I you thought it that was lot. great. I thought it was great, too. It was the same thing for me. Watch, because uh, you all the way through, you don't realize what's happening, mm-hmm. really, until the last scene. Yeah, exactly. The movie's pretty, and it's a, it's a, it's a very cerebral movie. Like I said, for, first of all, I'm I'm so delighted. It's always wonderful. It's happened a couple times on Missing Frames where I'll watch a movie that I loved very much at a certain point in my life and I get really nervous about like oh am I still gonna love this Mm. like for a movie to be like oh yeah this is you know if I were to rank my movies this is somewhere in my top 10 favorites so to go back and watch it is kind of like nerve-wracking where I'm Mm -hmm. like wait I haven't seen this in 10 years like does it still hold up but um that it's really nice to to go back and watch this and still feel that thrill um but it's a movie that really does work better with repeat viewings Mm, because you start to notice things earlier on like for instance in the car when he's crying uh, uh, after you know elijah wood knocks on the window and it's like wait elijah wood's in this movie wait why is he talking to him (laughs) it cuts to him in the car and you realize there are black dots on his temples and there are little details like that where it's like well they marked him up because they were getting Mm -hmm. access to his uh the the template they would use to track his memories and erase them later on. Things like that are so much fun, and it's so brilliant the way they've peppered these little details throughout the film. And I think that's what makes it... Not that the comedy... There are great comedies Mm -hmm. um, that are... Comedies that are great films, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes the danger is treating that genre frivolously. Like, oh, it makes you laugh, so therefore it's not high art. Yeah. But I think what makes this kind of transcend maybe the generic label of romantic comedy is like things like that. Um, and beyond that, the filmmaking and just how amazing oh, yeah. everything looks and all the weird stuff that is happening. Yeah. What was some of your favorite, like, like at what point did you start to realize you were in his head? Did it take you a little bit? Well, when you start to hear those like the two dudes talking while he's walking down the street and like up and down the sidewalk 
that's when I started to realize that like what was happening in his brain was happening at the same time as what they were tampering with over there. Yeah. But I wasn't exactly sure if he was picking it up or if it was like the device, the the laptop they were using. Right. And I realized it must be like what he's actually hearing and what he's feeling as his body in the outside world. It um, took you a second. You were like, wait, yeah. it, I thought they were joking about the, uh, the, the erasing the memory. You're like, I thought he was just having no. a fever dream. Yeah. They, they pulled out the card that said that she had forgotten about him. And I thought he was having a nightmare where like, Oh no, she hates me so bad that like she's she altered me. her memory <laughs> to forget me. And I thought, wow, that's really paranoid. <laughs> like this poor guy, His he's ma- really yeah, going through it. is manifesting itself in a yeah. really visceral way. And then I turned to you and I was like, wait, this is actually happening. They're actually erasing the memories of yeah. these people. I didn't realize. Yeah, like, it's basically, I mean, it's science fiction. I mean, it's the movie crazy. is almost more, uh, well, maybe not more. It meshes a bunch of genres really, mm-hmm. but like. It is very, very grounded in reality. You meet these people. They live in, I, I think Montauk. Now I'm, because you asked me where Montauk was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's New York. But now I'm scared it's not New York. Oh, it is New York. Okay, oh, good. Nice. So they, I think they say they live in New Jersey. But Montauk, mm-hmm. I guess, is just a train ride away. Because that's where they eventually meet. Yeah. But um but yeah, I, uh, I I don't remember where I was going with this. I <laughs> Somebody erased my memory oh, before no. this episode, <laughs> and now I don't remember the topics I was going to talk about. But <laughs> we were saying cool stuff, things they were doing that were cool. I don't know. Yeah. Alex, take it from here. You're the new host of Missing Frames. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I also appreciate the details in the film, uh, especially the effort they went through to emphasize how different uh the two main characters were mm. were like she's wearing all these colorful clothes and she's constantly changing the color of her hair her she's, name is clementine yeah she's basically playing jim carrey's stock character you know mm-hmm. like she's mm-hmm. the outlandish one she's the one that's more zany it's mm-hmm. who he normally plays and that's a lot of fun too to see yeah. him kind of having to take on the role of like quiet and sheepish and yeah. she's really outgoing and he has to kind of tone down yeah, and like you can see that reflected in like all these different aspects of the characters, um, and I also found it interesting, sort of the juxtaposition. I did get my beach scene. Yes, you were um, right. There was yeah, a beach. There were cars. Go. So you knew. You knew what this movie was about. <laughs> what can I say? Was there? There was eternal sunshine. There were spotless minds. Yeah. all sorts of stuff. But the beach had the snow at the same time. So I found it interesting that. Like, at the same time, they're bringing these two things that are so different. Like, you don't really expect to see them together, Mm. but they do come together, and that's where you see them having the most fun. Yeah, ooh. That's a deep cut, Alex. I like that. I like that. That's really cool. I wonder how intentional that was. I don't know. I just make it up. It's great. It doesn't... uh, What's great about it is... If it sounds good to you, mm-hmm. and it sounds good to me, I am seconding your idea <laughs> here. Uh, it doesn't matter if it was intentional. The even if the symbolism wasn't like completely like the director was saying, yes, this is what it's going to mean. The snow and the beach. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic idea, and I think it should be the case that that is yeah. considered because I don't think anyone has brought that up that I know of. And I wow. have a lot of film nerd friends, <laughs> oh, no. so this needs to, this is going out there into the ether. I like that Let's a lot. Go. Was there anything else you noticed similar to that? That, you know, different contrasts or things that one of them did versus the other? They what I love too is the the hair color 
mm-hmm. is kind of a clue as to what yeah, times they're exactly. in. And you don't necessarily grasp it at first, but mm-hmm. you start to notice like, oh, wait, her hair is orange and this scene. So that must mean this is this time. And now it's blue. So they must be in the yeah. present day. So, OK, yeah, yeah. But uh, any other fun little details you noticed that you enjoyed? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I would probably have to rewatch it to yeah. like actually get all of them. But that's just like on my first watch, just instantly looking at like appearances. Yeah, um, I love um, there's a lot of the film. So this is 2004. This is not like. Yeah, uh, this is post uh special effects mania Mm -hmm. and insanity and there are all kinds of things you can do with a computer a lot of what they did in this movie was achieved in camera um things were like uh there's one scene and i don't expect you to remember remember it but there's a scene where he walks in on himself talking to uh, tom wilkins and the doctor uh, mirzwiak and he's talking he's sitting and talking and the camera shows him running into the room and he's talking to Dr. Mirzwiak and he's like, you have, you have to wake me up. And the camera mm. pans over to him and then he's sitting in the chair down there and what Jim Carrey was doing was he was taking off his hat and running <laughs> so they could get the shot of him sitting and then when the camera would turn, he'd run and get all his stuff back on and be oh. standing again. And apparently that shot was so difficult to get right <laughs> that Jim it. Carrey was like, basically he said that I, I think he said that was the most upset he ever got during the shoot was he was just oh. yelling at the director he's like we're not gonna get this in one shot we can't do it it's not gonna work and michelle gondry with he's friend she was like no we're going to do it so it's no. going to work and <laughs> they made it work which is really really that amazing is impressive but hard working yeah and it just it's so much more effective um, and you see this in even big special effects films since elijah wood is in this why not mm-hmm. use this as a soapbox to talk about the lord of the rings the mm-hmm. other you know i guess lord of the rings is as popular as eternal sunshine just a little bit people might have heard of it but <laughs> i think what makes that film work so well and so effective even today 20 years later is so much of what they achieved is kind of using models and real things versus just computer generated stuff you feel yeah. it. It feels real and visceral. And I think Eternal Sunshine, with a m- much, much smaller budget, manages to pull off a lot of what made that work so well. Mm-hmm. There are things like that I don't even know how they did. Like the, These are subtle things that you'll notice if you watch again. And I wonder if you noticed it this first time. But the, the like bookshelves and signs mm-hmm. fading away. Like they would pass them and you'd see things in the background, like words on street signs are disappearing and big, like big signs of shops are disappearing. When they're in Barnes and Noble, you see like during their last conversation in Barnes and Noble, you see all the books, like the Mm -hmm. colors are fading Mm -hmm. to white and the the labels and the titles are all going away, things like that. So really, really cool stuff. And I, I don't know how that could have been done without CGI so I'm sure they used a little bit but I know things like uh, uh, there are moments where objects are blurred behind Jim Carrey where they just had people walking with a giant frame like (laughs) in a filter to or I don't know what you call it but probably I guess you could just call it a filter but something to dilute and blur the image behind him and it's just them walking with a sign behind him the, the movie's full of stuff like the upside down eyes on yeah, people that was and the crazy. messed up faces and things yeah. like it's really really wonderful and the cinematography um it's done by this woman Ellen Curis who's just amazing Queen. I'm trying to she works with Michelle Gondry I think on a couple things and I'm trying to remember what else 
she did. Uh, did you ever see the movie Be Kind Rewind with Jack Black? It's okay. It's not great, but that was another <laughs> Michelle Gondry movie that was really fun and creative. But yeah, I love the look of the movie and the way they do the lighting. Oh yeah, and for sure. Things like that. She were there did. any? Were there any moments or shots or specific things? Like I guess particularly with the memories that are being erased that mm. you loved that you really thought was effective. The quick movement from place to place so mm -hmm. for example when he was in the drowning in the sink yeah and he comes back out and he's in the car but he's like completely drenched yes because he had just been drowning in the sink and sort of these lingering after effects from what is connected in his mind i guess from the map yeah that they're trying to like map out every memory that she's been in movies that try to invade the the concept of the, how the mind works how dreams work yeah i feel like there, there are films I've seen where it's really effective. I think Fellini was a filmmaker who did that really well. I think mm -hmm. David Lynch is a filmmaker who does it extremely well. But I think when you're intentionally kind of... Those are filmmakers that are more kind of saying, like, you know, reality is kind of strange and it's not what you expect. But, like, the films when they're intentionally saying you're inside a person's head, like something like... You've, have you seen Inception? No, actually. <laughs> it's okay. We'll save it for a future missing frames. Okay. But that do you know the concept of it is basically it's it's people essentially thieves, but mm -hmm. they invade they steal secrets from your mind. So they go into your mind and they obtain secrets. And Inception is that's like a very, very okay. guess, like boilerplate in a nutshell summary of what Inception is. But Inception is is if there's a complaint I have about it, um, it's very grounded in reality. Mm. So there's some cool, like, semi-psychedelic stuff and twisty, weird visuals. But it, it almost feels a little bit too concrete and mathematical. Yeah. And dreams are less logical. Yeah. There's less explanation. There are images that don't make sense. And I think this movie does a really, really brilliant job of, like, things where... You know, he's trying to find a memory to hide her in and it's just flashing and showing like they're driving by different mm -hmm. moments or the way they shoot it. Like just like I think they get a couple shots of just sitting them driving in a car again. Mm -hmm. you predicted cars oh, would be important in this movie. There's a lot of driving <laughs> in cars and like looking out the window and watching memories go by. Yeah. And there's one even a memory where he is in the backseat of the car and he's like up to his neck in sand like from the beach. It's just like these logic gaps that yeah. th things that only make sense when you're in a dream they somehow f kind of manifested that in a way that i think is really difficult to do but they almost make it seem easy and especially for such a low budget indie film to pull that off is really really impressive mm -hmm. i feel like it also sort of helps bridge some sort of relationship between the viewer watching these scenes because mm -hmm. i remember when I, I was watching the the sequences of them trying to raise the memories in his mind and like noticing that dreamlike quality and being like oh yeah that happens to me all the time yeah. <laughs> in dreams like he sort of learned to empathize a little bit with what he's going through because it's confusing yes um the way you like, can relate to the confusion yeah things you notice again like um when he's asking like who's your who's your assistant right there and he goes yeah. ah that's Patrick <laughs> and he's saying it the same way that uh, Kate Winslet had said it earlier when he saw her um and 
noticed her with the guy. He's basically evoking that. And, you know, he says it in the movie. He's like, well, I'm just your, I'm you. I'm your personality. I'm in your head, too. I'm not, I can't help you because I am yeah. you. Things like that. It's really, really good and really effective. Mm-hmm. And it's just more layers on this dramatic, romantic comedy, sci-fi yeah. movie that makes it more effective. What? How did you feel about the way it portrays relationships? The idea of, I mean, you're young. You're mm-hmm. you're in college. You're kind of going through this amazing life experience, and you'll have romances and things. And in terms of the way relationships were portrayed, did it resonate with you? Did you feel kind of like the the pain of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've been there because I know I have those moments where like they're eating in the Chinese restaurant or wherever they're oh, eating, yeah. where they're just kind of like, like mad at each other. Yeah, and he's just like, are we the dining dead? That moment where it's like yeah. you guys have nothing to say to each other. Did those things resonate? Did you feel that pain? Oh yeah, and I feel like it's sort of expected because when you first meet someone, like it's just a complete I don't know, veil of ignorance. Yeah. If I well, it's may exciting. Say. It's exciting. You yeah. want to justify it. You're like, no, the flaws aren't, don't matter because yeah, this is more but exciting. But they always like bleed in eventually. And I feel like that was portrayed over there, especially in the ending scene where they're listening to each other talk mm. about each other. And he's like, well, I would never say that yeah. about you. Like, why would I ever say that about you? I don't think I would. But he did. Um, he just didn't ex- like didn't live with her long enough and yeah. didn't experience enough things with her to get to that point so i wonder if they had just let it play out without knowing would they get to the same point they probably yeah. would yeah that's why i think that the reason and you were like i think i don't remember if you said this in part mm. one but you were like oh yeah it'll be happy it'll be oh great. yeah you know and the movie is not uh it's not a complete downer they do mm-hmm. meet each other again they do kind of fall in love again and they do express an interest even with what they know about their past selves they express a willingness to try again. Mm-hmm. And that's almost more important than if they stay together. Yeah. It's like they've learned something from their past mistakes just by listening. Yeah. That it's maybe something where it's like, oh, I was he was too closed off and I was she was too eccentric. She did and these things where they can kind of learn from those versions of themselves and mm-hmm. move on. Because they almost, it's almost like they've broken up again. They fall yeah. in love and break up within a 24 hour <laughs> period of time True. in the worst possible way. They like hear each other saying, like, here are the worst things about this person that I used to love. So you kind of hope, like, oh, well, maybe because they're willing to try again, they are more willing to stick with it. Um, I think yeah. that's optimistic, though. I don't know. What do or you maybe, think? Maybe just more willing that if it does have to end, they won't try to forget about right. each other. Well, that's a good question. So, you know, in terms of just asking about relationships in general, like I have had, I've gone through really bad relationships mm-hmm. where it's like, oh my God, like I I don't know if it's a scenario in which I'd want to erase that person. It's more I'd want to erase my memories of how yeah. I treated that person or things mm-hmm. that I did. I'm almost more embarrassed by that than uh wanting to get rid of the memory of that person Mm -hmm. but is that the movie and i don't think it's healthy to (laughs) you know erase anybody if this procedure really existed i don't think it would be healthy because you live and you learn and you grow through experiences negative and positive so the idea of doing it is it's a very you know um spur of the moment negative energy fueled like i'm gonna erase you from my memory because i'm mad and i don't want to think about you anymore but you have to go through that period of kind of mourning and uh, feelings of worthlessness mm-hmm. to get to 
be a better person. But how do you feel about that? If you had the opportunity to erase somebody from your memory, uh, would you, or do you think it's... I I don't think we should be erasing really anything from our <laughs> memories. I remember when I, when I finally realized what was happening, yeah. I was thinking about, like, what are the ethical implications yes. of doing this? And it sort of also made me think of like why we study history, for mm. example, because we don't want to forget, even if there were things that caused like entire society's pain, like we don't want to forget that because we don't want to repeat them. Yeah. So I guess that was a question that came up when they met each other again, even though, you know, they had forgotten about each other because they caused each other so much pain. Like what's not to say that they're going to cause each other so much pain again. Yes. Yeah. Um, because they At haven't least, really, even though they have, sorry to interrupt, no, even good. though they have a willingness to like, oh yeah, we recognize that there are things we're going to have problems with. Mm-hmm. They're still willing to, to go for it. But it's like, it's yeah. almost like they haven't technically l- learned anything because all the memories have been yeah, erased. They it haven't doesn't exp- fix anything. And yeah. we saw that too with the, the other I don't right. forget her name. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Character. Yeah, Kirsten yeah. Dunst and uh, Mary and uh, Mirzwiak, the doctor. Yeah, like the fact that she ended up going back to him even though he had erased her memory. And I assume the process went a bit more yeah. <laughs> like carefully. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's also funny that in that si- situation, um, they imply like, oh, yeah, you wanted to get the procedure yeah. done. And I'm like, did she, though? Do you really think she wanted to get it anything, done? Cause yeah. it didn't anything because they ended up at the same spot. So if they had just chosen not to erase their memories, that leaves the possibility of, like, reconciliation. Mm. Um, and also just not going through that again. Like, oh, my gosh, that would be, like, an endless loop of, like, oh, yeah. ooh, despair. I think that's how the – I have glanced at an early draft of this script because mm. there are a few drafts online. And an earlier draft, I think um, Charlie Kaufman, who I'd forgotten – I forgot that he developed the story with Michelle Gondry and uh, one other gentleman, Pierre Bismuth, I think is the guy's name. Mm. Um I'd forgotten that they developed the story together and then Kaufman wrote it himself. The screenplay is credited to him. But Kaufman's original draft was like the ending of the movie would be them in their old age continuously oh, no. erasing each other. Oh, like no. just continuing forgetting about the person and then just erasing over and over and over again. I don't love that as an ending. I think it's probably more realistic, but it's it I guess suggests that this this business would still exist oh after uh, I feel like Mary's exposure of the business and what it has done to people because she's it is implied even though we're only looking at Joel and Clementine that she's returning or not returning she's distributing the tapes to all the patients, all the recipients yeah, exactly. of this so. She's basically exposing the business. Um, And I would expect that means that this is going away. I think it's a bit too Mm -hmm. pessimistic to portray, like, and then they're just going to continually... Yeah. You don't want to see that at the end of this movie. You want to feel a spark of hope, even if it's not realistic. It's... I don't know. I feel like maybe it is a little realistic, because... I don't know. It's like... Her giving them, like... The fact that they had erased their memories, like, can you imagine the shock of like, receiving something <laughs> like that? Uh, and it sort of gets them over this hurdle mm. that 
they maybe wouldn't have been able to jump on their own without knowing this. Yeah. Uh, and you can see, like, when he was going through, like, the whole memory erasure thing, and he's, like, yelling at the sky. Like, yeah. actually, I don't want this to happen. Like, when it's actually happening to you, you don't want it to happen. Yeah. Like, you don't actually want this. So, I don't know, maybe it, it would help make them realize that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, I agree with you. This is a good place you're going to. What are some other favorite standout moments for you? Like highlights that you would put on a reel together, like to sell this movie to somebody? Oh, highlights on a reel. I like that ending scene where, well, I guess it may have been some sort of beginning. I don't know. It's like (laughs) when they're in the house and it starts breaking down. And he's like, I walked out because you told me to go. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Why don't you just stay this time? And they yeah. just make it sound so simple while everything's like crumbling. Yeah. And I thought that was really well done, uh, especially like cinematography yeah. wise. And, and I think, stuff I mean, like they, that. I think they built a set on mm. the beach. So that's, you know, you have the house and then they have the water rushing into the house. Yeah, that was so good. Crazy stuff like that. It's insane. Like not the whole house, but mm-hmm. I think, um, like when you see him standing and he's walking as the waves are rushing in, um, they most likely had just a backdrop, like the backdrop with the window <laughs> and the wall and probably on the other side, there's nothing, but it's still pretty crazy that they managed to do that and make it work. But yeah, yeah it's it a great scene. Perfectly. And then, I don't know, I also really liked the scenes where you could hear the guys talking Yeah, <laughs> and he was <laughs> reacting to it. Like, how is this possible? Can yes. you hear the intruder in our house yeah. right now? She was like, no, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> it was just, like, so funny because he was taking it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it was, like, really absurd, too, because they're yeah. doing this really intense operation, yeah. erasing <laughs> the memories that he has, like, essentially causing brain damage to yes. cause that one guy, uh, to quote that one guy. Um, and they're just messing around. Yeah. They're the eating time. all his food and yeah. drinking all his alcohol because he's yeah. not going to remember having mm-hmm. it. So it's all good. Um, I also love the way uh, we we learn more about Joel throughout the movie mm-hmm. through his memories. Like we learn more about his childhood yeah. and these very like, you know, hysterically embarrassing, <laughs> but also very like traumatizing experiences that have maybe made him closed off. Um, mm-hmm. It's I think examining the past like that and looking at how past trauma affects like how you approach relationships, it's a really poignant addition to the movie mm-hmm. and it makes it a little bit more all encompassing in the way it's trying to examine these things. It's not just this relationship, but it's like, Oh my, my whole life and how life affects us and how we, our relationships are formed by all these little moments in our lives. But yeah. I really love those scenes and they're very funny to see Jim Carrey get beat up by a small oh, child is yeah. <laughs> hysterical of course but like very very sad beautiful moments but yeah it's very hard to pick standout scenes because there's a certain point where it's like once you start to wrap your head about around what's happening it's just like the whole movie is just like this is yeah. the best like everything that's happening is amazing <laughs> but yeah anything else you want to say about Eternal Sunshine any feelings thoughts random things you want to watch it again at some point i need to (laughs) yeah i I would encourage you and anyone else who's only seen it once to watch it again Mm -hmm. but anything else nothing i can think of other than wow wow just wow good good well done you put some thoughts together i tried very very quickly 
after a very, very intense movie watching experience. So I'm very proud of you. And this is the only the second podcast you've ever been on in your life. Yeah. So you're, oh this is a career, I think this is a potential. Do they have a, a career path for podcasting, a degree program that you could look into? Maybe. <laughs> well, this should be established. You'll be the one to establish it, I think. But this has been wonderful. Alex, thank you so much for hanging out, for watching this movie, for allowing me the opportunity to rediscover my love for it. What we will do is we will now give our final ratings for the film. Um, on a scale from one to five, with five being the highest and one being the lowest, how many... Uh, I, I was going to say erased memories, but that feels oh. too easy. How many Nietzsche quotes? How many Ooh. Beck songs would you give Eternal <laughs> Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? You pick whichever one of those sounds best to you. Um, I would give it 4.5 Nietzsche quotes, probably. Perfect, perfect. It was really good. I will give it five uh Five Nietzsche quotes, five Beck songs. I hope, oh, yeah. and I hope you listen to more Beck as oh, a yeah. result of this. Even though most of his music doesn't sound like that song, it's still pretty great. But okay. that's it. Thank you so much, Alex. And Anytime. if yeah, please come back and we'll mm -hmm. watch more Jim Carrey, serious Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. There aren't that many, but the ones that are out there are really special. Is he still alive? Take, he's still alive. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. He is still alive. He is alive and well. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And if you want to talk about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you can find me on Twitter at Yeshonderman. Even though I don't like being on Twitter, if you say something to me, I will say hi back. You can also find me on Letterboxd. It's just Shondorman05. Thank you so much again, and we will see you at the movies. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.